0: black women were not getting access to capital and starting businesses at six times the national average yet receiving less than one percent of venture capital and so my thought was okay well let's just do something about it so I pulled women together and we hosted a brunch where we put money in the hat and we gave it away
1: Welcome to Season 4 of the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, the Mother, and the Myths, the podcast of CEO Mom Magazine, the publication that puts supermomming into perspective. I'm your host, Vonna Matthews, so let's listen in. Countless moms wrestle with mom guilt, those mental attacks that cause them to question the adequacy of their parenting. Where do these nagging thoughts originate and why do moms so easily buy into the exaggerated accusations? In her new book, Guilt Free Mommy, Dana Reed shares her own journey from being guilt ridden to becoming guilt free. With humor, relatability, and practical application, she shares how you can release the unreasonable guilt that comes with motherhood and trust your ability to effectively parent your children. Buy it now at online retailers or visit her website at guiltfreemommy.com and receive 10% off with code CEO mom. Hello ladies, welcome to another episode of the CEO Mom Podcast. My name is Vonna Matthews and I am super excited to have with me today Shelly Bell, the CEO of Black Girl Ventures. We've talked about it before, but we cannot emphasize enough how important it is to raise capital in order to grow your business. So Shelly is going to give us some amazing tips on how to raise capital and how to know what type of capital to raise based on the phase of our business. So to let you know a little bit about Shelly Bell, she was named one of the 100 most powerful women in business by Entrepreneur Magazine. Shelly Bell is a multifaceted entrepreneur and startup ecosystem builder. A computer scientist by training, she built a career path from K-12 educator to founder and CEO of Black Girl Ventures a social enterprise that creates access to social capital and financial capital for black and brown woman identifying founders. Listen in on this incredible conversation with Shelley Bell. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inside the Issue. I am super excited to have with me today Shelly Bell of Black Girl Ventures. She has created an incredible platform to help Black and Brown women get capital that they need to grow and run their businesses. So thank you so much for being with me today, Shelly. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm glad to be here.
1: Awesome, awesome. So Shelly was in our latest issue, our spring 2021 issue, and we had an opportunity to do a Q&A with her and learn a little bit about the, the history of Black Girl Ventures, as well as the passion and heart behind it, and what are some things that women need to be doing, specifically women of color need to be doing to raise more capital for their businesses. So tell us again, if we could go a little bit deeper, Shelly, on what was the vision, or how did you get started with Black Girl Ventures?
0: I okay, so I got laid off twice, and I decided from there that I was going to start a business. And so I launched a few things, pivoted in a few different ways, and then landed on a t-shirt line and a print merchandise print shop. And so I was doing that, and the business was rocking and rolling and growing. And then the news came out that black women were not getting access to capital. And starting businesses at six times the national average, yet receiving less than 1% of venture capital. And so my thought was, okay, well, let's just do something about it. So I pulled women together, and we, I hosted a brunch where we put money in the hat and we gave it away. I, I ran the whole thing like a poetry slam. Um, people pitched. And then the audience donated and the, their capital, and uh, we voted with marbles and coffee mugs. Like, if you like that person's pitch, you put your marble in their coffee mug, and that was pretty much it. And honestly, I thought that was going to be the sense of it. People liked it, so I said, hey, okay, let's keep doing it. And so we did. Um, and as we did, I started to just naturally as a businesswoman and get more and more partners. And then I landed a partnership with, um, Google Cloud for Startups, and we started traveling up and down the East Coast, well, around the country, actually, doing this event. I, I had to shift the model a little bit because I couldn't charge people to come into Google, so we started doing a Vote With Your Dollars model, where we became a Google charity, and then we, each person would pitch, and then you vote with your dollars. So imagine Kickstarter meets um, Shark Tank. Women pitch and then the audience, or in this case, the viewers, can help, can actually donate to the pitch of their favor. Um, so far, we have funded <clears throat> over 130 women. We have efforts across 12 cities. We are the largest entrepreneurial support organization on the East Coast um, for black
1: and brown women. And it's been an amazing journey. I love that. I absolutely love that. So just to clarify, and I want to talk a little bit more about Black Girl Ventures, but I want to go back to when you were laid off. What made you decide to become an entrepreneur as opposed to continuing to work for someone else?
0: Well, prior to me being laid off, so when I got laid off from the first job, I um, wanted to start a business then. But I was engaged at that time to a man, a partner who did not want me to start a business because they didn't feel like it was going to be um, – like it was going to be um, stable enough for our family. And so I said, okay, you know, I'm going to be a wife. Like maybe I shouldn't start a business because maybe wives compromise. I don't know. This is my first time checking to being a wife. So maybe I shouldn't you know, started a business. And so I didn't. I went and I got a regular job um, doing – well, I was doing some patent search work because I've lived a lot of lives. So for those out there who are career switchers, I am, like, the ultimate career switcher. So I had been a Katy teacher. I'm a computer scientist in training. I had worked in workforce development. So I had plenty of skills. Um, and I went to work the, at the Patent and Trademark Office, which I worked at a little uh, prior to, doing some patent searching. And um, I, I thought I was so I thought I was faking it every day, <laughs> really well. But then one day my boss called me in and he was like, Hey, I think you're amazing, but this is not for you. Um, and he laid me off. And at that point, I did the only thing that a person who's been laid off twice could possibly do. I went home and I called California Psychics, and I said, What is happening to my life? And the woman she told me, When you find the thing you want to do, the money will come. And you're not going to be with that guy. And so in about two months, my whole life flipped upside down. And I threw everything out of my living room. And I said, you know what? I'm not going back to work for anyone. I'm going to work for myself. Because I tried that. I was never a good employee. You know, I could never just get into a a role and, and just stay in that role. I always wanted more. I always wanted to have more, do more, solve more problems. Problems that sometimes jobs didn't want to solve. Um, so I know I'm not that great at at following the rules, So I knew that, you know, being an entrepreneur was for me.
1: You definitely are not meant to be put into a box. And so I am so glad that you took the chance and move forward with building your own brand and building your own business. So let's talk a little bit more about Black Girl Ventures. So we know that you have experienced a lot of success with this, this capital raising platform. What have been some of the challenges of continuing to build this platform specifically as it relates to raising money for black and brown women?
0: I know the journey firsthand because I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a founder first, uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm a woman, I'm a mom, I'm a, you know, I'm a sister, I'm a cousin, I'm a daughter. So I think uh, I know the journey firsthand of what it means to try and raise capital, try to make money, try to make revenue, try to build a product. You know, during the time when I was building my print shop, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how to interface with customers. I learned a lot about, like, uh, what it meant to be able to sell. I learned a lot about, um, what, like, all the things that was required to run a business. And so when I launched my my print shop, My mom actually invested her tax return, and that's how I got the access to capital to – I'm sorry, my mom invested her retirement, and then I used my tax return to buy my own machine, and that's how I was able to secure the capital that allowed me to build a print shop. So, I mean, knowing that firsthand and the lack of access to generational capital, so, you know, for example, in Boston – the average net worth of a white family is $240,000. Well, the average net worth of a black family in Boston is $8. So, I mean, there's so many factors that play into why what we do is necessary. Um, I built a proprietary tech platform out to actually um, handle the, the, the fundraising piece of it, to handle the voting and the donating, so that we can gamify pitch competitions and therefore You're more people involved
1: from a civic engagement standpoint. Awesome, awesome. So, in our spring 2021 issue, we asked you, "What are some of the mistakes entrepreneurs make when they're trying to raise capital?" And one thing you mentioned, and I would love for you to expand a little bit on, is taking this one size fits all approach and not understanding that different phases in your business require different types of funding. Can you talk a little bit about some of those types of funding and how do women know when it's time to acquire a certain type of funding?
0: Yeah, great question. So there are so there's different types of capital. So there is uh manufacturing capital with machines. There's financial capital. There's human capital, which is talent. There's social or cultural capital, which is um, your ability to navigate and grow a network. Um, and there's also dilutive capital, which is, so a part of the financial capital is dilutive and non-dilutive. Dilutive capital would be like deep, like venture capital um, or am, um, angel investing. And non-dilutive capital is like, it could be bank loans or grants or um, kind of friends and family capital. So if you're just starting out, depending on your, the trajectory of your business, a lot of times people are raising what's called friends and family capital, which is challenging for black and brown founders of underrepresented groups because you don't have um, generational capital happening throughout your family, so it's hard for you to be able to raise that capital. Um, so you're, you're finding other ways to do it. You, you know, when it comes to capital, you also have leverage. One of the reasons why I bought my own machine is because I could leverage those machines to get more capital. Um, through insuring them, renting them out, things like that. Um, so so thinking about what you need at what moment. When you're starting out, you gotta ask yourself, like, am I sure on the business model? So first things first is if you it'd be awesome if you do have, you know, uh cousin, people in your family that you that can float you, you know, um a few, a few thousand dollars, $20,000 for you to try your idea out. That's great, right? Or just try it out, figure it out, figure out the business model. You have a lot to learn along the path as to whether or not this business model will bring revenue. Is it a business model that makes sense to scale? How big do you want to scale? Like at some point you need capital to float you. At some point you need a larger amount of capital so you can actually Um, kind of double and grow in the span, open up new offices. It really depends on, like, where you are in your stages. There is a tool online, and it's on my blog. So if you go to IamShelleyBell.com and go to my blog, the tool is there. It's by Village Capital, and it's called um, Abaca. And you can actually look at the different criteria, and it can actually help you figure out, where you are in your journey and what kind of capital you need in that journey. So com to click on the
1: blog and then there's a, a tool there that'll help you figure out where you need to be. We'll definitely include that in the show notes because people definitely need to know at what phase in their businesses they should raise capital. There are a lot of people out there talking about how they were able to start their businesses without any money. What is your perception of starting a business with no money or going into it not understanding the need of capital to grow. Is it dangerous to entrepreneurship? Here's the thing, costs associated are not just about actual cash dollars.
0: So even if you consider like, oh, I started my, my business with no quote unquote zero dollars, but that time that you put in, that's still equity that you're putting in. Like that still counts. Like you, your time matters. And every, every hour that you're being paid for on a job, that's your time. Right, it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. That's no different. So it's highly unlikely that somebody started with no money, meaning like zero dollars, <throat> even if it was a very, very low amount. At the end of the day, at some point, you're going to need an infusion of capital, whether it comes from your revenue, or it comes from loans, or grants, or to borrow money from people, or you know, or or uh, pulling in money from somewhere. Even if you're like getting the money, putting it back into the business you're going to have, some, have to have some
1: type of capital. Yes, I think the message does get lost. And I think it does present this idea that as long as you can get started, you're okay. And I feel like, especially in our communities, because we are so far behind and we get that capital at such, it's. I mean, as you've mentioned, less than 1%, we do have to kind of shift our mentality a little bit to understand the need to raise capital. And I think from a lot of the women that I speak to, that sometimes that's not always as a parent for that everyday brand. brand. Brand new entrepreneur that, yes, no matter how much you needed to start. That growth, you have, to, you absolutely have to raise capital, and that's something that we try to really put out there um, with CEO Mom Magazine. So I'm so excited to have you here with us today to share um, just the need and the different ways you can do it. So, how can w- women who want to get connected to Black Girl Ventures and want to raise money that way, how can they get connected? How can they get started with Black Girl Ventures?
0: Yeah, they can visit us online at www.blackgirlventures.org. Um, you know, they can also, we have a few communities online, so they can join our Facebook group, which is open. Uh, we heavily moderate it, though. And then uh, um, just to keep it clean, so everybody's delivering getting really great information. And then we have our BGV Connect membership. So they can go to check, check out our website. And if you're looking for capital, you know, apply for the for the capital opportunities that we have. So we, we focus on capital, community, and capacity. For capital, we have BGV Pitch. But for our capacity, we have a nine-month fellowship, and that fellowship comes with a 10K stipend, and it's focused on not just being business owners but being business leaders. And then we have community, which is a Facebook group, and then we have the virtual um, BGV Connect platform, which in BGV Connect, we have virtual co-working every Wednesday and virtual pitch practice every Wednesday as well. Um, so you can follow us online at B Girl Ventures on Twitter, at Black Gold Ventures, everywhere else. But also, you know, feel free to reach out and get get involved deeper.
1: Can you give us an idea of what you look for when you're bringing people onto the community, especially for um, the pitch competition as well as um, the fellowships?
0: Yeah, for the pitch competition, you have to be at least a year in business. You have to be generating some revenue. Um, We don't do idea phase for the pitch competition, but for the communities, you can be at any phase. Um, the great thing about a community is that there's a lot of peer mentoring. So when we're in those virtual co-workers, races, you get to be on on with a community of women who are also working on their businesses actively. For the fellowship, we mainly look for people who, have, who want to be ecosystem builders. So you may already have a company, already working on it, but you actually want to get deeper, you get, want to get more deeply connected to your, to your ecosystem locally because you want to help other black and white women founders thrive or you want to thrive yourself.
1: Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for being with us today. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. And I love what you are doing with Black Girl Ventures. So thank you and congratulations for all your success. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and the Myths. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at ceomommagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us.